0: Welcome to "I Want to Put a Baby in You," a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Oh, wait, we miscued ourselves. I was sure I was going first this time, come on, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm here with my sister and a person who I apparently don't communicate very well with, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Ellen Trachman, uh, who is my co-host and an incredible attorney in the assisted reproductive technology sphere, and just, again, like, incredible human being, so. Um, oh, that's sweet, that's. That was scripted, that part. No. Uh, uh, sh- sh- <laughs> don't, it leaves me a lot of money for that. It's fine. <laughs> so. Uh, so, Ellen, question yes. for you. Yeah. Uh, what is the biggest technology mishap that you have had, or just technology mishaps in general? Hmm. Um,
0: I am not the most tech savvy, unfortunately. What? And I'm thankful I'm for stunned. you. Stunned. By this and revelation. For Tyler and Melissa, who are way more tech savvy than me and are very nice and support me and prop me up when I can't figure things out. Um, did I tell you my tech issue that I found out having a hybrid, I couldn't jump someone's car. I thought <laughs> that's kind of a tech issue. <laughs> you, you did tell but, me about that. Uh <laughs> yeah. So I was we were skiing and uh my five year old was like, I'm I'm good. I I don't want to ski anymore. So we we're just warming up in the car and the car next to us is like, Hey, can you give us a jump? And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. And they're like, where's your battery? (laughs) I was like, I don't know. And I had to look in the, we're looking in the manual and they're like, oh, it's under your trunk because that's how it is with a hybrid. I I had no idea. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. How about you? I feel like you're good with um, tech, so.
1: I generally am. I I mean, I think when I fail, I'm going to fail big, right? Like I I, I can kind of, I can muddle my way through most things. Um, but my my big tech mishap actually is an in advance apology for this episode. Um, I got new headphones recently, and they're lovely Bluetooth headphones. And I learned, you know, taught myself how to connect them to my phone because, you know, yay. And then I taught myself how to connect them to my computer because, yay, I need to use them there too, especially for recording. And what I didn't realize, as we were with our guest, was that even though it would connect to both, if my phone rang, even if I didn't answer it, it would pause the recording on the computer. So looked down and realized, I think actually I didn't look down, Ellen went, why isn't the timer working anymore on the tech? So Ellen caught my tech mishap um and i had not been recording for most of the episode i mean up to that point well, so
0: most, uh, yeah just i mean it wasn't
1: too up much. to that point most yes. it was probably 5 to 7 minutes worth of that we were missing unfortunately we did miss most of our guests personal story which is sad and frustrating um but it is i will say he was lovely. Uh, the reason his story seems truncated is not because he was unwilling to share. I, it is because. I think we had a lot of
0: I think he did share it more. I think did he, he does, get some of it? I think okay. he I, I, it in.
1: All right. I mean, regardless, it, it was not that he was a short interview or was not willing to share his life. It was that I made a mistake and I take ownership of that mistake. And I apologize. And I actually, I did not tell him at the, like while we were recording, cause I didn't want to like interrupt his flow. But afterwards, I immediately apologized too. So <laughs> um, I'm very sorry to everybody uh, for your expectations. We're going to keep expectations low on the tech front for this episode, but our guest, he is lovely. And I can't wait for y'all to hear about him.
0: Welcome, Stephen Miller, to the podcast. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. And by way of a short introduction, before we give let you give your own introduction, Stephen joins us. He's a master of psychology, and also currently working on his master's of social work at the University of Wisconsin. And has really been a voice trying to get out there for mental health and infertility, and especially for the male voice, which often isn't the most represented in this area. So, Stephen, with that. Welcome to the show. Yeah, and that one, I will note for our podcast listeners. we have many, many podcasts talking to advocates about how to get involved with advocacy, to try to increase access to fertility care. Um And I will note in the podcast you I listened to that you talked on before, you were mentioning seventeen states. Had passed laws about fertility and insurance and uh, I was just writing an article that went up yesterday and I interviewed someone with resolve who said no it's 19 now so I was excited to hear that but it is increasing
1: um, yeah
2: absolutely and I and I know sorry to cut no I mean I know that Wisconsin's trying to pass a bill
1: Yay. right now
2: um I don't know how I'm praying that it it does go through because yeah Wisconsin's not a state that's mandated you know and i and i don't think people especially the younger generation i mean there's such i think one there's a there's a lack of just sex that in general but there's also that lack of fertility education you know like just i mean you think about it like they're always saying like okay don't get pregnant like you can have get have sex once you can get pregnant you know like but they don't look at the other side of it, you know. Like so, like when, like, like I remember, look, like, what I got when I found out that, like, I, I had male infertility. I felt blindsided. I just, I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't realize like that. it was possible.
1: <laughs> it was possible, right? Yeah. because you Do have you mind that. telling
0: what that, uh, telling the details of your story of how you found out what that was like? I just can imagine others could relate to it.
2: Yeah. So. I know we found out because we tried to do IUI first. And when I gave my sample, I remember finding out because like the, my wife had did the one test. I want to say it was like the HCG, like where they should die and like do the ultrasound. And I just remember like, that was such God awful experience for her and like a lot very painful and stuff and they wouldn't let me back there and stuff, which I don't know why. Like I don't know why they wouldn't let me back there. Um, But I remember doing, like finding out like after that, that because she found out there was no issues with her, like that's when we found out that was me. And I remember thinking, like giving that sample, like I just remember in my head thinking, I really hope it's not me. You know because like i know like like i would have like i like i felt would have felt so guilty you know thinking about
0: we hear a lot is people feeling self-blame like why is my body not doing what it's supposed to you know does this decrease my you know worth as a person that i know women go through frequently these really negative feelings and did you experience all of that
2: absolutely I mean, like, I felt so inadequate questioning, like, myself, you know, what, like, what is going, like, what is going on in my body, like, I felt, like, inadequate, like, as a man in general, and I also remember even just thinking, if I don't have children, like, my family tree ends, like, going to that, like, level of thinking, you know, thinking because... You know my sister at the time did not have children you know like and uh, I, obviously i didn't so i'm like i almost put you know put that all on me you know and i think the other thing with men too is like we don't always share that right with our like we're always trying to be supportive and be that like that foundation for our like our wives' significant others you know because we want to make sure they're okay but we also don't want to bother them with our own stuff adding on top to their stress, you know? So I think there's that mindset, but then the issue that happens is that when you don't address your own mental health, then like you just decline even further, you know? And And I think-
0: What did you do to address your own mental health? I mean, especially as a professional in the area, how did you kind of go about it for yourself?
2: I, I did end up going to a counselor
0: nice it just wasn't specialized in the area
2: right Right. it wasn't specialized because where i work uh, like like i said i mean i would have to go i would have to like take off so much time and i'm already taking off time for appointments you know like trying to save time for if we did get pregnant you know like so like i could take time off you know and i just i found somebody locally like It was all right i mean like it wasn't horrible you know like i mean he had some knowledge because he did have like a nephew that had done ivf and had you know some awareness of it um i think the biggest thing though i think that where i felt like we could have used is like more of like that couples and navigating like because we were both going you know like we were grieving we were grieving the loss of being able to do something that we thought we could do naturally. You know, like, and grieving, you know, like we're both at different stages, you know, like in the very beginning, like I was in complete denial. I was just like, yep, yeah, we're just going to go do this, you know, like we're, you know, we're fine. We're fine. We can do this, you know, like, and then there was time where I was angry. I'm like trying to figure out, and I know even I think something that other people don't think about too is, Trying to work full time and dealing with infertility and seeing other people have baby announcements, you know, mm-hmm. like and I know that so was one of the huge, hardest
1: things. Yeah.
2: That was a huge struggle for my wife because the biggest thing with her was she's a teacher, and oh. right across from her classroom was a teacher's lounge. And that's where they would all have the baby announcements, the baby showers. So she like she couldn't get away from it. And it was a struggle like and people were aware like and they would go to her personally and then like which i think they meant well but she was just like i'm just sick of people telling me you know like and i remember one time i mean at my job there was baby shower and like one of my co-workers did like, yeah you should really come and i just i flat out told him and said you know what like my wife and i are struggling right now like we, this is really hard for me and I just I, I can't do it. You know, like, and he was very accepting of it. And he says, like, oh, completely okay, you know, like, and like, they went off, you know, like, and I usually, whenever I saw that, like, I would always schedule an appointment to work like to work with the family or whoever, like our client and stuff, like, I would always try to schedule appointments around the time. So like, I could be away from the building. You know, I mean, like, I had that luxury in my within my job. Yeah, but it's—I mean—a huge struggle. I mean, it, it, even now, like, yeah, I do it a lot better. But there's every once in a while, like, I mean, like, I'll see a family of like five or six, and my assumption is is that they've had no struggles, right? I mean, it's just like you see that, and you're like, wow, it must be nice, you know? Like, but however, on the other side, it's like, you don't wish infertility upon anybody, you know, either. So,
1: right, it is definitely a trauma that does not. Go away quickly or easily, right?
0: And so, since that time, have you been able to discover more resources that you can refer people to or offer to those looking for those kind of resources?
2: Yeah, I know. Like, Resolve is doing a lot of virtual support groups, and there are some specifically just for men, which is amazing. Um, I mean, that was that was the other hard thing, like, when we were going through like. The, those support groups that Resolve does, like our ambassador Milwaukee, right? Um, but they were in person, like they weren't virtual. So I mean, I think the silver lining, I mean, with the pandemic, is it has really opened up a lot of people, a lot of access to people that ne- wouldn't necessarily have access to those like support groups and and resources and everything. Yay for so, small
1: small silver linings, right?
2: <laughs> right. So I mean, because I, I, I grew up in. Northern Wisconsin, like the nearest stoplight was forty-five minutes away. Like I'm like in the of Wisconsin, and I I don't even I like I can't even think of one counseling place. Like I I remember like going to see, you know, like I was talking about the ADHD a long time ago. Like and going to see the you know the psychiatrist for that, and but we had to go to Appleton. That was an hour and a half drive. You know, like to get, yeah. you know, like access to any sort of mental health. So that's why my like, telehealth, like this is such a great thing. And like I hope they keep it because there's a lot of people in rural communities that need to have access to this too. You know, the, okay. one of the interesting things is like, and this is not scientific by all means, but when I started asking people, about like their experience and like in their education like some of my like my coworkers my full-time job you know and colleagues like in different programs and stuff within the county and there's two things that I noticed one everybody knows somebody that has either struggled with infertility has had a miscarriage or just even done was been a surrogate you know everybody knows somebody but yet we're not talking about it and we have like these little pot, little silos, right? And then I and I think about like Brene Brown, you know, like in one of her books that you know, said the only way you reduce stigma is by having a conversation and normalizing the situation. And that's where I'm like, this is why we need to have more information on this and awareness. I mean, just even amongst professionals to be able to have that. The second thing that I've also noticed is like when I asked them about their education, None of them had said that they've had any sort of experience with talk discussing reproductive mental health or any sort of class. So finally, like after that, I'm like, okay. So I went on like the social platform Reddit and under social work. And it was like a mix of like social work students. There's some licensed people on there, there's people that are like just MSWs. And I just did a poll. And I was asked, it's like, you know, how many of you have had any sort of discussion or class in reproductive mental health or infer- anything related to infertility, and 233 people did the poll, and 92.7 percent of them said no. Wow. Uh, yeah. Which was just mind blowing to me, because I think as like like I said in the beginning, like if we're not talking about it. If we're not creating like, an awareness about what the issues are, like how are clinicians supposed to be in a position to support those that come to them, you know? And then like, I started looking at most counselors' bios. Like if you look at any counseling clinic, they'll talk about like depression and grief, different things that they you know specialize in or things that they they do, right? But when you don't see thing that you're struggling with like on these counselors bios it's almost like stigmatizing Mm. for infertility
1: right it's that this isn't something that anybody else is looking for help with
2: right and it just and and to me i think that's what i'm trying to change like i just i would love And and my my kind of big dream would be like, I would love to have at least, you know, one person that has some sort of specialty, like in reproductive mental health, like in every local clinic, where people that would have access to, you know, somebody locally, you know, so they're not traveling, you know, so far, you know, like, or at least, you know, offering that telehealth option, you know, but we also, I mean, we also need to increase the amount of providers that are willing to work on this stuff, too you know you can't expect five people in the state of wisconsin to work with everyone in the state you know to i just like that's like the biggest thing i said you know and some states are doing better than others you know but i just really that's like that's what i'm pushing for is this like let's get more education more training on this are you
1: seeing a trend towards any improvement in that way
2: now, like the school social work has been absolutely amazing. You know, um, our like part-time MSW program director, Angel Wells, has been a huge support. And for our second year internship, we had to do a, what's called a change agent project, and so we had to do some sort of project that would necessarily affect change. And the one thing my project or the my project was is that I have set up a three-part webinar series by zoom on infertility and mental health so i have one that is about male perspectives on infertility mental health i have one about female perspectives on infertility mental health and then i have another one with about like third party reproduction surrogacy and that aspect of infertility and mental health and
0: And it sounds like you have some really good speakers lined up as well for these
2: yeah absolutely so um dr bill petok is talking about the male side of things i mean he's just really well known for his work with male infertility and just a awesome guy and he's kind of taken me under his wing and i've had numerous conversations with him um and then there's anna flores Locke um out of new jersey so i've been kind of collaborating with her on some stuff too and gene ferguson is actually one of our professors um at the school of social work at uw and brie mckeller has been doing some really great work and stuff with and she's one of the donor specialists so yeah they're they're all amazing people and i've, I've actually the turnout has actually been awesome it's it far exceeded my expectations i think when you do something you're always thinking about and, and that's kind of relates even just the infertility a piece is like you don't want to get your hopes up that you're going to have a good turnout because like you don't want to be disappointed and i think that kind of relates to like how infertility right i mean can have long-lasting effects because every month right you're like okay i can't get my hopes up you know like and after so many years it's it's you just learn not to have hope right it being like and you just kind of like this view what it is but I was always afraid I'm like, okay, I'm assigned this stuff like like I'd be happy with just like a few people. Like even with a few people that's a few people that are it learning something.
0: Like a great resource. Will they be open to the public or available publicly for people to watch?
2: Yeah. So it's open for registration. Um so they're February seventh, the seventeenth and twenty-third. Um they will be recorded. So then they'll be on the school UW School Social Works YouTube page once they're done. Great. Um but yeah, it, it's like, I've, so right now I have close to 100 people in each registered. I have like That's someone, great. like one, like one of them 98, one is 130, and then one's like 120 and like, That's well exceeded my expectations. <laughs> I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, like this, I mean, but it's also showing that people are interested in this,
1: mm-hmm
2: people want to talk about this people want to have more training and more expertise or more knowledge about this because they are seeing it more and more with people that are coming in to clinics you know that they struggled you know the other thing to think about too is like when they're when most counselors will do an intake session you know and just gather information they never ask about infertility or reproductive trauma Yeah you're not opening the door you know like you're opening the door for that conversation you know i think it's kind of like you know when people think that okay if i ask somebody about like if they're thinking about suicide or had suicidal thoughts i think there's idea i think there's also that you know like if i ask a question like then i don't like you know what i mean like it's just i think there's such a topic where people aren't aware of it that they're afraid to ask a question you know, like, or they don't think that it occurs to more people than they think.
0: Yeah. Well, we will be sure to link to the webinars, which sound like a great resource. And we appreciate you getting out there and really making sure that conversation is being started and giving people a forum to, to recognize that people are talking about it. And they too should feel comfortable being able to talk more about this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, something I feel strongly about. It's, I mean, we need to be increasing the awareness and the amount of providers that are available to people struggling with this because, I mean, it is really, it's an experience, you know, that will stick with you for a very, very long time.
0: Absolutely. And,
2: yeah. Thank,
0: Thank you, you so much. Us.
2: No problem. I really appreciate you having me on here and giving me the opportunity to speak on this I definitely really appreciate it.
0: And for reminding us about these underrepresented areas of mental health, always so important, but often forgotten, as well as underrepresented persons going through fertility, where there often is so so often a focus on women and men are are forgotten at times. So we appreciate your voice adding to it and making sure those
1: areas are heard. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of forgetting or not forgetting, um, please everybody don't forget that we have a new ish Facebook group that you can join and talk to us, to our guests, interact, you know, talk about what your favorite episode is. We would love to have you all there to, to be part of a community surrounding any of our podcasts. Um, also don't forget that we have really cool, fun stuff that you can buy. You can go buy a fanny pack with the, I want to put a baby in you logo. Come on. So cool. How cool is that? Or a coffee mug or a phone case, you know, all the casual things that you just want to have around to have a sperm on them. You know, we, we know you want it. So, <laughs> um, but thank you. Thank you all to all of you who listen and come each week. Uh, of course, huge thank you to our team, to Melissa, to Tyler, to Amanda, to everybody who is beyond patient and uh, makes us sound, sound good. So thank you all very much for being with us.